Okay, go for it, Pals. Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast with my dad. It's hard to know how to follow such a special introduction there, thanks to my two eldest children. But this is a very special episode of the Medics Money Podcast. If you want to know how we ended up repurposing the Rolls-Royce factory to make hundreds of thousands of items of PPE for our colleagues to use and us during this COVID pandemic, then this is the episode for you. As ever, if you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe so that you can keep up with all of our latest episodes. And please leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Let's jump straight in to this extra special episode. Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast. Maybe you're a doctor like us or dentist or other highly trained professional and you've had plenty of education in your chosen profession. But have you had any financial education? You probably record hours of professional CPD every single year, but do you record any financial CPD? How to manage your money, savings, investments, how to get the best mortgage, paying down debt, protecting your future, and making sure that you're paying the right amount of tax. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins, and I'm a GP. And I'm Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And we started Medics Money to help people like you make better financial decisions. Thanks for listening to our podcast where we discuss everything that you need to know to make better financial decisions. Welcome to today's episode of the Medics Money podcast where we are going to be talking about PPE. I'm delighted to be here with uh, Dr. William Hannan. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself, Will, and tell us what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. Hi, Tommy. Um, I'm a GP registrar in Chichester in uh, your practice. The greatest practice in the world. Um, and um, yeah, very interested in in just talking about our story really over the last couple of months. Yeah, because between the two of us sat in this room, we've had a hand in producing nearly, you said, 200,000 items of PPE. Mm, yes. About that, yeah. Which which is crazy, really. And the key thing to say is that uh, personally, we've made none of it ourselves, uh, but we have overseen it. And I thought it would be important to tell us, you know, how how we got into it. So, do you want to start with your story, or? Yeah, well, it it, it all starts. My story starts with your story, really, in that um, you you started working, didn't you, with with Rolls Royce? Yeah, and, uh, okay. Took it off you, so you go ahead. <laughs> All right, maybe. I mean, basically, yeah. Once it got too big, I did what every good GP partner does and delegated it to the trainee. <laughs> um, so maybe I should start. So I think my PPE story starts with to put it in context. I mean. I've only ever been scared to come to work twice in my 12-year career. Once was uh, when the earthquake struck in Christchurch, New Zealand, 2011, and I was working in A&E. And at that time, I was mainly scared for my own safety. Uh, The second time I've been scared to come to work is recently, at the start of the pandemic, because I have a young family. One of my daughters was three months old at the time, and the other has severe asthma. So I wasn't really scared for my own health this time, unlike in Christchurch, New Zealand. But I was a bit scared of not having the appropriate protection at work. And at the start of the pandemic, uh, we just could not get PPE in GP. Uh, And we were waiting and waiting for the delivery. And essentially, for whatever reason, it never came. So I think my crisis moment where I knew that I had to do something 
came when I was hunting around in my garage on a Sunday night and I managed to pull out some grinding goggles. Like they were well used <laughs> and it looked like I <laughs> must have burnt through something in them because they had a hole in. Uh, and then my brother managed to get me here uh, two um, FFP3 masks, which were well used and covered in sawdust. Mm. And that was, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was what I had to come to work with on the Monday morning. Um, but worse than that, you know, as, a, as an, an employer, uh, we couldn't provide enough protection for our, our staff, and that felt awful. So at that point, I realized that the PPE delivery probably wasn't going to come, and it was about time that we did something. So, you know, I should give full credit to my wife here because she put a post on one of our local Facebook groups, uh, you know, that was uh, set up to help people during the pandemic. And a couple of people replied. So a friend of mine uh, gave us some building masks, which were cool, and that was three, so it's not enough. But uh, an interesting reply came through on that Facebook group that someone from Rolls-Royce uh, wanted to see if they could help. And um, Rolls-Royce have their factory just up the road from us in Goodwood. So um, we got in touch with them and, you know, full credit to them because they were amazing. Um, it, through, over the course of a couple of weeks, we, well, the prototyping was pretty funny because I, I met up with them and explained what we needed and they thought that they could help. So. They went away and about two days later, they sent me, um, I th you probably remember seeing the Rolls-Royce pull into the car park. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so exciting. <laughs> Brand new Rolls-Royce um, came into the car park with this prototype and uh, the prototype was the Rolls-Royce of uh, visors. It was so comfortable. On the headband, it had the leather from uh, a Rolls-Royce interior. So that was pretty nice. And uh, it had some padding, which was foam from the back of a Rolls-Royce. So it was, if Rolls-Royce made a mask, that was basically it. And I was like, this is the one, this is great. How many of these can you make a week? And they were like, well, if we Three. absolutely max, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know, max it out, we can make, you know, a hundred of these a week. And it was crisis stations, you know, because in that time I realized that, you know, so many people didn't have PPE. And even a friend of mine was working in ITU and she was saying that they were sharing visors in ITU because they didn't have enough. And, and they were had, you know, a whole uh, ITU full of COVID patients. So at that point I started to realize the scale of the problem. So making 100 visors a week was not going to cut it. So I had to go back to Rolls-Royce and say, this is the Rolls-Royce of visors. And I still have it. It's a limited edition, one for my personal collection. Uh, but the point was we needed to make visors fast and they weren't going to be the Rolls-Royce of visors, but they, they, we just needed them fast. So we hooked up with a couple of other people, got some ideas um, off of some people off Twitter. So um, definitely shout out to Dave Triska, who's a GP who literally just contacted me on Twitter with some designs. Um, and Farhan Amin is also a GP of Twitter. And um, Andy Powell is uh, a specialist medical accountant whose wife's a GP. And uh, he's actually part of Medics Money as well. Um, so those guys were doing, you know, amazing work. So we got a lot of inspiration for them. Anyway, we ended up making uh, a design based on the Prusa, who is a 3D printer, as mm. far as I understand it. Um, and then within a couple of weeks, we had successfully made 10,000 visors. We distributed them to our colleagues locally and to a couple of places up in London, um, all delivered <laughs> via the Rolls-Royce test fleet, which was, what's that card? It's a Cullen or something. Cullen, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm yeah. still using my visor from the, from March. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got my super limited edition just over there. Don't I see you looking at it? Don't touch it. It's it's got my name on it. So yeah, that's the interior lever from a Rolls Royce. It's it's all right. Yeah. 
So, you know, at that stage, we'd unbelievably managed to make and distribute 10,000 visors. And I've got to stress that Rolls-Royce, the guys there, did an amazing job, all free of charge, totally under the radar. We got contacted by several news outlets who wanted to know what was going on. But at that point, we were just completely focused on getting out as many visors as humanly possible in the shortest space of time. But, you know, <laughs> we made 10,000, but it came really obvious to me that Rolls-Royce had the capacity to make many, 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 many more than that. And um, I was pretty busy with being a GP, being a dad, you know, managing the business of GP through a pandemic and running Medics Money. Uh, so as I said, I did what every good GP partner does when the going gets tough and delegated it to my GP registrar. Someone with much more time on his hands. Definitely got more time on your hands. So <laughs> do you want to take us through like how you got to where you are now? Because you were saying you, you've made nearly 200,000 items. Yeah, yeah, it, um, yeah, something like that. Anyway, um, so similar story without sort of going over the, the same same type of things, but essentially in the back in March, friends of mine in ITU were wearing things like bin bags and, and as you say, woodwork goggles on, on the wards because there was a lack of PPE. And, um, and then I, I sort of, recognized again that there were going to be big supply issues with it coming through the traditional route. So um, I approached a friend of mine who started a, a charity called Heroes um, and and he's he was working in London and ITU and found that actually people were being very generous at the start of the um, the pandemic and were donating a lot of money and, uh, and and he was able to raise a lot of funds. And I offered to help him, you know, spend the cash a little bit on um, on possible um, ways to produce PPE domestically. So uh, Rolls Royce, through your links, was was one of the first ones that, that um, we approached and, and were able to provide materials. And they, um, you know, being the fantastic company that they are, were able to to cut those materials um, to shape for us, and and then we could distribute through our own uh, transport network. Similarly, we we did. Um, the same sort of thing with uh, another group in uh, over near Brighton who make scrubs and um, and several other groups around the country, uh, recognizing actually that single use PPE produced on the other side of the world is not the best, um, the the most sustainable or reliable form of uh, supply chain when we can potentially produce something reusable within the UK, which is really our focus throughout yeah. this. That's definitely something I want to pick up on the reusable side of things. But before we go into that, you know, you're talking about complex manufacturing problems here, supply chain logistics. Um, you, have you got any background in that? No, no. Yeah, um, me, me neither. <laughs> me neither. No. So it's uh, as as you found, it's just something. Uh, you know, being being a bit of a, a chaos magnet, you just get into it and and you stay up late and you and you read into it and you work it out. And by talking to people, these things kind of happen and actually I, I, I feel like not having a background in engineering was useful because you're not hampered by all the sort of issues with certification and things like that and you you know you're slightly more optimistic which um, you know to the children of, of some of the engineers that, that I've worked with. Yeah I think as well you know engineers are perfectionists and we are perfectionists too but we work within the limitations of the NHS so um, I think the example that I said about the Rolls Royce the first Rolls Royce visor is the best visor I've ever tried by mm. far, but they can only make hundred a week. That is useless, you know. We yeah, needed, something's we need, got to give. Something's got to give, and I think that was kind of useful for us. So, 
I mean, you know, it's it's funny because uh, you said like, you know, you don't have any background in this. I had no background in it at all, but necessity kind of forced us into it. And uh, it's a terrific drive for innovation and what you can do with the right people around you. And I think once again, full credit to Rolls-Royce and anyone else that's involved, I'm sure you'll name drop a few people that need to be named dropped uh, <laughs> later because it's right that they get the recognition. But um, tell me about this reusable aspect because that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, when I take off a whole set of PPE and put it in the bin, it just feels A, terrible because it's all made out of plastic, but B, you wonder if there's another way, you know? Yeah, well, it, it's tricky really um, to, to be able to give you any firm advice because it's the, the government advice hasn't really caught up with, with our way of thinking, but you're absolutely right. Things like single-use gowns, they're, they're expensive, and um, once you use them once, they can't be recycled, and that's them, them done. So um, taking gowns as a specific example, for the majority of cases where you're just looking to protect yourself rather than, um, rather than have any waterproof um, ability or anything like that, um, we found that using um, scrub material to produce gowns was perfectly adequate, although not within the official certification, but for people like working in care homes and working in primary care, um, we felt by, by um, disclaiming against the, the certification aspects, we were able to produce a lot um, for, for people in those situations. The benefit of them is that we estimate one could be used a hundred times if washed at about 70 degrees or something between each each time to, to clean it properly. Um, so they're not sterile, but they're clean and they provide a barrier between the patient and your, you know, your own clothes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a really good point, you know, and uh, all of this has been necessitated by the crisis. So uh, whilst it's not ideal, what you've got to think is, is it good enough? Uh, and I love this reusable aspect. So. I'm glad you talked about certification because when I left, handed over the keys to the Rolls-Royce factory to you in a ceremony at work, um, the visor was um, not, author, author, you know, hadn't gone through the correct um, certification, but it was based on a design which had. So has the visor which I helped to make, is it now legit? It's gone through some changes um, and the current iteration of that visor has been certified and is being produced in two stages. So we've got a 3D printing factory in London that we're operating under the charity Heroes um, under their sort of umbrella, um, which is producing the headband and Rolls-Royce are cutting the, the screen, the visor bit, and yeah. then they're being combined and, and distributed at our, our big warehouse up in Essex. Um, they are uh, now certified, so they can go into hospitals uh, and they are being delivered to uh, trusts and anywhere really completely free of charge and delivered for free by Parcel Force, which is excellent. Amazing. Uh, and it's just amazing that these big companies have stepped up. So that's another one that we need to mention, of course, Parcel Force as well as Rolls Royce, because Rolls Royce is still just doing this all free of charge, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Incredible. I, I, most of the people we, we've worked with were. Um, incredibly generous and, and so happy to just be able to help. So it's a yeah, yeah, some really good um, good yeah. work from everyone. And um, a bit like uh, the first time I walked into the library at hospital and found um, Medics Money's uh, eighteen page guide to claiming a tax rebate printed out on the side. I felt immense pride because I knew that someone had used what we'd created to you know make a better financial decision. But then 
I thought about the 18,000 downloads that that has had. And if 18,000 people have printed it out, me and Ed are responsible for a lot of waste, right? Which wasn't a good feeling all of a sudden. I kind of got the same- Waste is no way to describe your work, Tommy. No, but just don't print it out. Like download it for yourself, keep it electronically. Uh, you could also download our ebook, which is 10,000 words. Definitely do not print that out. Just read it, it's free forever. So go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash ebook if you want to transform your financial future. Uh, but I kind of felt the same about the visors because I was partly responsible for making, you know, tens of thousands of these things, which were all made out of plastic. But I think you've also um, made significant progress in that regard with what the visors made out of. Tell me a bit more about that. Well, we're just um, in the sort of nascent stages, really, of producing um, visors where the, the the clear plastic screen is produced by um, an American company called Parley for the Ocean. So they uh, harvest, I don't know if that's the right word, but they take ocean plastic, so stuff that's been chucked in the ocean bottles and stuff, recycle it into a clear plastic film, uh, which is then, um, we, they've donated enough to us to produce um, 50,000 at the moment visors, which we're then getting cut at Rolls-Royce to produce into, into visors. So. Although the, the band is is not made from recycled plastic, the, the screen is. So recycled ocean plastic reused, but it's all kind of coming together to, to be a sustainable uh, PPE dream. That's the plan. I mean, that is amazing, really, that you're making it out of that. Um, you, you told me the other day in the coffee room about the difference between certain sort of plastic where it's actually been scooped out of the ocean and other stuff which is labelled as such, but basically by saying, basically by saying, um, I was going to burn your house down, but I didn't. So therefore, I'm a good person. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that distinction because I learned something the other day. Well, it's um, it, the the umbrella term is is greenwashing, really, and and it's something that we all just need to start being a bit more aware of. Is that um, some companies will um, will use buzzwords to make them sound green when actually it's all just to do with um, some some publicity spin. So. Um, the example that you're using is some people describe um, recycled plastic as ocean-bound plastic, or they're using ocean-bound plastic, which doesn't necessarily mean it's from the ocean, which is what Parley use, but it just means they weren't going to recycle it and just chuck it in the sea instead, which um, they very kindly, as you say, haven't burnt down your house they, and they haven't chucked it in the sea. So yeah, that, wow. that's one example. That's really good of them. Yeah. So <laughs> that's something that I didn't know. Um, you know, so you definitely taught me something there. I'm not sure if I've ever taught you anything, but there's oh, still time yet. Your ST3 is not over yet. Another year. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. So um, do, should we talk quickly about, um, we talked about recycling, but you also got an interesting project about sterilization. Do you want to talk about that? Ster oh, right. Okay. Oh, not that sterilization. The, uh... <laughs> You've only had one child, yeah. mate. I think well... you've got <laughs> I'm, maybe for me with three children. But, um, <laughs> um, cleaning, yeah, should we say? That's not for the podcasting. Um, no, yeah. What what your um, one of the things you're talking about anyway is um, is a, another project that Heroes is is working um, with uh, several several different groups, and we're actually a very very small part of this. Um, and a lot of the credit goes to to the the rest of the team. Um, and uh, essentially, there exploring ways to be able to sterilize uh, PPE. So whether that's using UV light uh, or one of the main um, 
one of the main things that we're exploring or they're exploring really is um, using vaporized hydrogen peroxide um, in some form of a, a sort of repurposed shipping container where you can put your um, FP3 masks in there on shelves and, and blast it for an hour and then uh, let them dry off and then they're good to go and, and sterile. Um, and studies have been done in, in America to show that they are um, you know, as effective as, as new masks, single-use masks, um, and uh, can prolong the life for up to a month in some, some instances. So you know, going back to the, um, you know, the government guidance that says you need to use single-use masks, that means that you can get you know, potentially hundreds of uses or you know, at least tens of uses out of each mask, which further significantly reduces the risk, but doesn't address the, the issue of um, changing guidance to, to using reusable in, in a case where it's safe. Yeah. Okay. So that's a work in progress, but that sounds to me, you know, really exciting and uh, that's great. Okay. We better wrap it up now because you've got your um, exam coming up lunch. And, yeah, and, and lunch, lunch yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. And probably in that order of priority. Um, so if anybody wants to help you or get in touch with you, I know that you are begrudgingly on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so another group uh, that um, happened uh, BC. So before coronavirus was Green GP Wessex, um, which is a, a group I'm, I'm sort of working with my my sister to to get going, and that's looking at make how to make primary care more sustainable. And really, it's a conversation rather than um, any anything particularly proactive at this stage. But if anyone has any ideas or wants to talk to us, then you're very welcome to ping us a message at Green GP Wessex. Um, and, uh, and we'd be very happy to, to have a chat or, or see what you think. Awesome. I mean, when I sort of started this, just going back over the story, uh, my main aim was to help us, you know, locally. And it's amazing, you know, that what, what you've taken that forward to do, you know, 200,000 pieces of PPE. Um, so, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I can't do that, I could never do that. I think the message is what I've learned from doing this is that if you try, you can pretty much do anything. And there's a tremendous community of people out there who will help you in a crisis. What is your one thing or several things that you've learned from all the amazing work that you've done? Well, well I, I absolutely have to say that, um, you know, just adding to what you said earlier, I haven't had my hands on any tools in this production and the role that I've played is tiny, but um, it, it is in a case of, uh, it's a case of facilitating amazing people who are producing. So for example, So Sussex over near Brighton have got a team of 4,000 seamstresses that's done by purely by inspiration from good leadership in, in their team and, and their engineers and all sorts of people who are running the, the groups. Um, uh, my, my role in that was meeting them and, and making the link between the charity money and them in order to sort of supercharge their production. So, you know, to, to finish what you say, um, no one's doing anything by themselves. It's all done by, by um, you know, a little bit of help and goodwill here and there and uh, anyone who's keen just do what you can and and uh, and it will be more than more than enough absolutely i think you know like when i started this i never imagined that it would get to this scale um and what started as something super local just from one facebook message to my wife 
has blown up into this, which is amazing. And I think you've done amazingly well to take it forward um, as you have, whilst also maintaining your studies. So you really better go do some AKT practice um, and we'll wrap this up. Um, so thanks for, for talking to us today in, in our lunch break. And um, yeah, Green GP Wessex. Uh, Green GP Wessex. On Twitter, yeah. if you want, you can help. And what, what about Heroes? You mentioned them a lot. Yeah, so Heroes is um, that's another charity that's worth uh, looking at if anyone's interesting. If I haven't um, bored everyone enough, so they're still listening. Um, but uh, they're based up in London and um, run by Dom Pimenta, who's a cardiologist uh, still up in London. And uh, yeah, worth worth having a look and seeing that some of the really good work they've been doing supporting the NHS. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Um, next week's episode, we're back to a conventional format talking about something related to money. Uh, but I thought it was important to have this discussion today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Let us know if you did. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave us some reviews on your podcast platform of choice. Speak to you uh, next week, guys. Thanks for listening.